so many of us are here tonight because of a void, an emptiness that is within us. We've all lost important people at many different stages of life. I lost my grandmother a little over a year ago and my grandfather a year before that. As I prepared for this Mass, I thought of many of you who've lost spouses, children, grandchildren, siblings, and parents. Some of you lost them through illnesses or old age, and others lost people to sudden and unexpected tragedies. And because of all of that, there really is an emptiness. Those of you who have lost people recently feel that, but even those of you who lost people years ago still have those moments where the loss strikes you and the sadness of grief stings just as strong as it did the day that you heard the terrible news. As one of our parishioners described it, something happens that opens up that wound again. And I want to give you permission to think of grief as a wound. In fact, I want to encourage you to think of grief as a wound. I give you permission, but I also want to encourage you to think of grief as a wound. Because when that wound opens up again, we experience all of those terrible feelings. Sadness, anger, confusion, loneliness. These all stem from the fact that we are, in fact, wounded. And when we think of grief as a wound, we'll recognize that what we need more than anything is healing. Everyone who's lost a person dear to them needs to be healed. Everyone who's lost someone has an empty space inside of them. And when those feelings of loneliness and anger, indescribable sadness, well up within us, sometimes we'll try to simply avoid it. In those moments, we also become very vulnerable to self-medicating with substances and other pleasures. When we avoid our wounds, they will not heal. Instead, we must show them to God and allow Him to heal places that medicine can't reach. It can feel odd doing this. We might even feel ashamed of expressing some of these things to God. Don't be ashamed. If you're sad, tell God how sad you are. If you're angry, tell God why you are angry. If you're lonely, tell God that you are lonely. This is all part of the process of healing. Remember, God never forces himself onto us. He won't heal our wounds if we don't show them to him. God won't fill the void that lingers from a loved one's death if we don't show him that void. Prior to encountering Jesus on the road to Damascus, St. Paul was a deeply wounded man. 
We don't know exactly what made him that way. But we do know that he had that emptiness in him. We know that he was wounded because of how he acted. He was a man of intense pride who often, out of, who often acted out of anger. He was well known for this, and even the apostles were afraid of him. And he encountered the Lord on the way to Damascus and experienced healing. He then was able to confidently share the hope that he had for eternal life, which we heard in this second reading. The healing that St. Paul experienced made him into a messenger of hope for so many people. This is true of everyone who's wounded and everyone who has a void within them. The more we experience healing, the greater help we are to others who go through similar things. Those of you who have been through healing have been some of the greatest witnesses of hope that we have in the church. I know that this is true because I have heard people who are grieving mention some of you by name as people who helped them through their own sadness and their own anger and their own loneliness. The hope that you bring has two dimensions, of course. Yes, it's a life, it's a hope that life can go on and that happiness, joy, and laughter do return. But it is also a hope for eternal life. Now, in the gospel, we heard a story of Jesus raising a boy from the dead to reunite with his mother. It says very clearly, Jesus had pity on her. He felt deeply for her loss. And what a wonderful thing that Jesus raised this mother's son. And yet if we don't understand this story and what it means for us, the story can also be a bit frustrating and confusing. Again, God raised this woman's son because he had pity on her. Does God not see what we experience in the wake of death? God raised this woman's son. Why doesn't he raise my son or my daughter or my wife or my husband or my mother or my father? Why didn't he do this for me? The reason this story doesn't make sense is because we get the roles wrong. And when we think according to our human ways of thinking, that's what happens. We don't see where we are in the story. We think we're the ones who are alive, like this woman in the story. And we think they're the ones that are dead. That's where we get this wrong. The fact is, they are the ones who are really alive. And we're the ones who, in a certain sense, are dead. We're the ones decaying. We're the ones whose bodies are wasting away. We're the ones who struggle with this loneliness and this depression. 
Imagine the story with that in mind. Your son or your daughter, your husband or your wife, your mother or father, or your brother or sister, they are the ones who are with Jesus right now. And they're the ones praying to Jesus to raise you to life. We're the ones to whom he says, arise. We're the ones that need to be raised. Our loved ones are praying for us to be raised right now. And I want you to let their prayer be answered. It starts with receiving this gift of healing and the hope that it brings. It continues with a life of discipleship, living the teachings of Jesus. It ends with us being raised, entering into his kingdom, where we'll be reunited with all of our beloved dead who've gone before us with the sign of faith.